guys, and welcome to Feelin' Feline, a podcast where we talk about what it's like being in our 20s in the 20s. For today's episode, we're going to be talking about something that a lot of people in our age are kind of doing right now, and that is moving out. I'm going to be talking about tips and my personal experience with moving out, especially during the pandemic. So sit back, relax, and I hope you like this episode. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome back to the first episode of the year of Feeling Feline. Woo! It is a completely new year, a whole new clean slate, and although the transition, especially this year, is something completely different, I don't even feel festive, and it's just a normal day. It's not like things are going to snap and change right away, but there's a lot of good things coming up, especially with the vaccine. And honestly, I just have a feeling that things are going to look up, maybe not right away, but I just have a feeling it's going to be a good one. And honestly, I'm sure everybody's just excited that everything this past year is kind of coming to an end and it's just great thinking that a long year is over. It's been a really, really long year, so I'm feeling good. I don't know about you guys. So now it's 2021. What is next for us 20-somethings this year? I personally am going to be 25 this year, like literally ew. That age just makes me cringe because not only is it halfway to 30, but 25 I'm really that old. Like I literally was 21 yesterday. I mean, my birthday isn't until September, but just the fact that this year I turn 25, it's so weird. And it's like my last year that I'm going to be under my parents' insurance, which I'm sure is a lot of people's issue right now, especially with struggles having jobs or finding a job and finding a job that actually has insurance with it. So yeah, not looking forward to that. But anyways, let's get started on today's episode and we're going to be talking about moving out. And it is definitely something that usually around in our 20s we experience, maybe in the early 20s or mid-20s, it doesn't matter. But at one point, all of us eventually have to move out and deal with the sudden change in your routine in your lifestyle of having your own place and basically deciding what you do instead of having to live under someone else's roof. So there's a lot that comes into play when you're moving out obviously and I guess for this episode I'll be kind of tying in my own experience with moving out plus tips that helped me through the moving out process and just in general, how I handled it, especially during the pandemic. So first and foremost, how did I know it was time to move out? Well, jokes on you, jokes on me. I had no freaking clue when I was ready to move out. And honestly, pretty much everything in life is like that. You don't know if you're ready to move out. You just kind of do it and wing it and hope that it works out the way that you wanted, but at the same time, it's life and you won't really know that moving out was the right choice until you do it, if that makes sense. And definitely don't make decisions, you know, on the fly or just last minute that you want to move out. You should definitely think about it for a long time, but if you truly feel that in your heart it is time, 
I feel like you know when it's time. And fun fact, especially because of COVID right now, there are actually an increase in young adults who are aged between 18 to 29 that either have moved back with their parents or are still currently living with their parents. So it's not an uncommon thing to still want to be at home. And listen, don't get me wrong, staying at home is a 100,000% better than moving out and having extra bills to pay. Of course, there's necessities involved as to why you'd move out. For me, for example, I needed to be closer to work. And also, I just felt like this was a necessary step in my relationship for me and my boyfriend to kind of understand how we live with each other and really work towards being a team in terms of schedules and our dog and work and bills. It's just something that I felt was necessary. And I feel like especially American culture and expectations, life always is moving so fast and you feel pressured to get your life put together as soon as possible. Like if you don't have your life together by 25, 26, that's a bad thing. And honestly, I don't 100% agree with that because everyone's life has their own path, their own pace. So that's something that should stay in the back of your head when you're thinking about moving out and that Do you really need to move out, right? If you still have time, if you still have the ability to stay at home, make some money for yourself, save it up, go travel, put money in stocks for goodness sakes. There's a lot you can still do and have a free place to live in and pretty much food cooked for you. You know, my parents cook like crazy at my house, but Yeah, I think that it is still a good investment and you shouldn't beat yourself up about feeling pressured to move out just because you're a certain age. But me personally, I had my own reasons as to why I wanted to move out. Now, my experience during COVID in terms of getting an apartment was kind of difficult, but not really because... Well, I originally wanted to move the beginning of 2020, about January or February, but I think, you know, me and my boyfriend were just closing up ties. Basically, my boyfriend went to graduate. I wanted to just rack up a little bit more money. But anyways, we had discussed with our landlord that we did want to move maybe around May and even looking in January was a little bit early. So something that I've learned in my experience is not to look too early because you want to have a good amount of time to prepare. Yes, that's true. But you don't want to set back a date so far ahead that God forbid something happens and you just immediately have to change your date and you're already tied at a specific moment in time. So it's really a lot of pressure, not just for you, but for the landlord. And yeah, you just don't want to schedule too far ahead. And honestly, not a lot of apartments even let you schedule that far ahead for that reason specifically. I think my apartment complex, they give you, mm, I want to say two or three months ahead of when you want to move in. So that's one thing to consider. And by the time you're looking for apartments, you should already have in your head and decided that you do want an apartment. And again, it's totally normal to partially doubt, but if you feel like as the day is approaching when you want to start looking for apartments, that 
you just aren't ready, listen, you should listen to that because honestly, it's not a rush to go and move out and do things on your own. Like, trust me. But yeah, my goals of moving out were specifically to learn to budget. And when I was living in my family's house, I was getting fed up with the amount of spending I was always doing because I didn't have a pressure of having bills to pay. And I know it's kind of weird that moving out was a way for me to learn to budget, but I felt like that was a necessary step for me to really understand my money and allocate it in the way that I should be instead of spending it on unnecessary things like drinking every weekend or going out to eat every other day, which I did. And that was a serious problem. But now that I live on my own, it's definitely a lot better. And again, another major reason besides the fact that I had to drive an hour back and forth to work was for me to strengthen my relationship with my boyfriend. And a lot of people may have varying views on living together before marriage versus after marriage, etc. But for me personally, I thought that it was important. If we can't even stand living together, how the hell are we supposed to get married and be long-term forever and ever if we can't even handle just living together and working as a team on household things and bills and shit? which is a totally other kind of conversation that I'd like to have in a future episode about expectations of being an older child because, you know, when I'm the oldest child, there was so much pressure on me, not just in terms of grades, behavior, appearance, friends. Having to decide to have my own apartment was very difficult for me just because I already had that pressure that my decision will affect how my siblings see moving out in the future. So that was also something important to me. But under the day, you need to always remember that you kind of have to decide what you want to elevate how you want to live your life and reach your goals and just having a better state of mind. And in terms of state of mind, there was always this thought poking at me. Are we going to be able to live with each other or are we going to want to rip each other's heads off? So that was really bothering me for a long time. And I think that that's what led me even more to decide to move. So yeah, just a few things about if you're looking for an apartment. One, it doesn't have to be all bad and bougie, you guys. Like do not spend unnecessary amounts of rent just for a nicer apartment. And I'm not saying get a really messed up, about to fall apart apartment, but I found a decent one. And the one that I found was actually one of the lowest paying rents, but it was enough for me to just be 15 minutes away from a major city where my job was. And enough distance where it was quiet and of course quiet in terms of how quiet apartment complexes can be but it didn't have anything so crazy high class that I don't need right now and you have to remember that apartments are just rent right you're just leasing something so why do you want to spend extra money on applications that work just fine even on a normal non-stainless steel etc type apartment 
you don't need a crazy high class refrigerator or a crazy oven or honestly, as long as it turns on and it cooks for me, that's what was most important. And a lot of it is that you really can make a place prettier without having to pay the extra money. And that's what irks me, right? So major cities, for example, Princeton in New Jersey, the apartments for a one bed, one bath, I repeat, a one bed, one bath was almost two grand. That is insane to me. And it's not just because New Jersey is pretty much expensive in general. Like you could get a house in Texas for 2000 a month. I'm over-exaggerating, but that's just to make a point. But that's what I'm trying to get at is that that's not worth your money and it's not worth paying that much a month just for something that's not even rightfully yours to begin with. Like everything you get in this apartment, you're going to have to get back when your lease is over. So just be smart, do your research and figure out, you know, what's the best value that you can get from an apartment without having to overspend, especially outside your budget. Now, another thing is furniture wise, I don't have crazy expensive furniture. Don't get me wrong. Probably the most expensive thing in my apartment is one of the TVs we got because my boyfriend, Marcos, he's obsessed with huge TVs. And there was no way I was going to say no to getting a 65-inch TV. But that's besides the point. Most furniture I have is from affordable websites like Wayfair or Bob's Furniture. My couch is amazing. It's so comfortable. I literally fall asleep on it all the time just by sitting there because it's so soft and fluffy. That couch, I don't even remember how much it costs, but it's definitely one of the more affordable options. And I think that a lot of people think that just because there's a higher price tag means that one, it's going to last longer and two, it's a better quality. Now, this is not always the case and that even applies to apartments in general as well. Just because something sells at a higher price, people are more inclined to get it with this mentality that, hey, it must be expensive for a reason, that it must be better quality, better material, longer lasting, etc. But I could argue that my couch is pretty long lasting. I mean, I think it's pretty affordable and worth it in my opinion. And if you really want to go even further in saving money and basically making something valuable. A studio isn't that bad either if you're just living by yourself, especially. Getting a studio versus a one bed, one bath could be a $200 difference a month. So things like that, it's something to consider. And me personally, I didn't want a studio because obviously when you have a studio, all the rooms are connected, not by walls, just it's just one big room. But even thinking about it right now, there's so much you could do with a studio. You can get even just stand up separators and make the place look super boho. I'm obsessed with boho decorations and designs, but there's a lot of things you can do to really make a place yours. And also in terms of doing your research, if there's one apartment that costs, for example, $13.25 without a washer or dryer, and then another one costs $13.25 with a washer and a dryer, but it's a little bit farther from work, that's what you have to consider too. And honestly, for me, having a washer and a dryer is so important. Like I cannot stress that enough for me that 
there was no way I was going to be lugging shit tons of clothes to and from the laundromat probably every week because I do my laundry every week. And then there's also some other things to consider like carpet versus hardwood. And I definitely liked picking an apartment with hardwood because it's honestly just in general easier to clean. And Leo, I can't even imagine if the whole apartment was carpet how many times he would just be scratching at the carpet chewing on it biting on it and it would just be a nightmare I mean I didn't anticipate getting a dog so soon when I moved out but I knew I was going to get one eventually so in the back of my head I did consider that so you should think about that as well like if you're going to want to have a pet you should think about that too if you want to have a fully carpeted area versus hardwood. Another thing that I have learned through the apartment process for the first time is something similar to what I mentioned in a few podcasts back and that is the episode on investing and saving money. Getting an apartment and basically securing your spot isn't cheap either. And in New Jersey, I'm sure it's one of the more expensive things to do when you're getting an apartment as compared to other states. It is super important to have a backup savings account or something in the sense of having some money aside for any emergency purposes, right? So in my previous episode, I mentioned you should have three-month security savings, of which it is three times your monthly payments in terms of your necessities, right? Your insurance, your car payments, your bills that you spend on every month and have no choice but to spend on it every month. So obviously, that's going to change when you're looking for an apartment. And I definitely at least recommend that you save a little bit more and kind of calculate how much you're going to be spending three months at a time when you move out based on the rent that they give you and how much the average amount of utilities are in New Jersey. So I did a lot of that, right? I did a lot of research and I looked through at least a couple hundred resources and websites and articles about how much it actually costs for two people to live in a one-bed, one-bath apartment in New Jersey. And yes, you should specify the state that you're looking at because New Jersey is definitely one of the more expensive states. I have a one-bed, one-bath apartment right in New Jersey. And for the same price, if not cheaper, my two friends who lived in South Carolina had a banging apartment. When I tell you, it was like three-bed, two-bath apartment for literally the same price. That is so crazy to me. And if I didn't have so much rooted in New Jersey, I would have totally up and left and moved to South Carolina at this point or Florida, honestly, because these states are so much better in terms of affordability. But at the same time, I can't be so far from my family. And I'm going to talk about that later too. That's going to be another thing. But yeah, definitely back calculate that and understand the importance of having the emergency savings because God forbid something like a pandemic happens and you can't work for a little while. You want to make sure that you have that savings account because you want to be able to still pay your bills, obviously. You don't want to get into a situation where you're basically at risk of keeping your apartment or not because you can't pay the bills. And that's also something to consider as well. Another thing that happened was that I was so excited to get this one apartment. We already had the number and we were in contact with the landlord forever. But basically what happened was the tenants decided last minute that they didn't want to move. And I think a lot of it obviously was when the pandemic was first starting, but 
this can happen too. So don't get too attached to your potential apartment yet and just be prepared that at the last minute something might change. It happened to me, but it's not a big deal because most cases the landlords will try to find something similar, if not better. And I even had two friends who recently moved and they had an apartment that was supposed to be for them. But again, the tenants didn't move and they ended up moving to an apartment that had completely renovated floors. So there's obviously a reason behind why things happen, but also don't get too attached to the potential apartment that they're offering for you. Another thing in terms of saving and being able to afford the apartment, you want to include in your calculations, not just rent, not just utilities, but groceries too. And oh my God, the first time we got groceries, I want to say we spent close to $300 on groceries. And yes, that was just to basically fill up everything that we didn't have. Like we didn't have spices or just honestly everything, everything was empty. But Now we've kind of gotten into a system that, you know, around every two weeks, it's about maybe close to $200 that we spend on groceries. And that is basically a max if we want to have like something super like filet mignon steak or something. So definitely keep that in your calculations. And there is something, it's not a hard rule, right? Everybody has different ways to segregate their money and allocate it to the right things. But there is a thing called the 50-20-30 rule where you put 50% of your net income towards your needs, you put 30% towards your wants, and 20% towards saving and investments. So that's definitely not hard set in stone. Sometimes you'll have to readjust by the month. But I personally have a personal tracker of my monthly bills and my paychecks and kind of estimate how much I would like to go towards saving, towards groceries and other things. And don't get me wrong, a lot of times I don't follow it, but it's good to know to have something to fall back on. Like if you want to check, you know, how much money should I be putting into my E-Trade account for this paycheck and that'll automatically go. Also, another app that I recommend for this 50, 20, 30 rule is Mint. And that is something that keeps track of all of your purchases. And you can kind of set budgets on that accordingly as well. And then another big topic in terms of kind of picking and choosing what you want for your apartment is having cable versus not having cable. And honestly, people in our generation honestly have been more inclined to watch things like streaming services, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and a lot of other streaming services. So me, I actually don't have TV. Like I don't have cable and it hasn't bothered me. It hasn't really been something that I wished I had because streaming honestly does so much for me. And I watch most of my stuff on Netflix or on Hulu or something. So that saved us a lot of money because cable honestly gets so expensive sometimes, especially for additional channels. Like if you want to watch extra sports games or sports channels or HBO or stars, it adds up a lot per month. And to know that I have a busy schedule and I have a lot of things going on and so does Marcos, I don't truly think that having cable would have benefited us anyways in the long run. And on top of that, 
streaming is still affordable, even if you want to watch the normal channels like ABC, TNT. YouTube TV is cheaper than most cable services, so I would definitely recommend at least looking into that because that could save you a few couple bucks a month. Honestly, it's probably about 10 or 15 dollars of a difference. I don't exactly know the difference, but for me, I knew that I didn't 100% need cable and I didn't think that was necessary. And to make up for not having cable, we have the best internet that we can get possible. So we have the fastest speed, so streaming doesn't suck when we actually watch it. And yeah, it's just things like that to consider. It's a bit of a balance, give and take type thing that it's something to think about eventually. Another thing I stress is to definitely get renter's insurance. It's not that expensive in addition to your bills. I think mine is... 15 a month, I think. But just having that safety that, God forbid, something random happens to your apartment and everything basically is damaged or ruined, it's better to be safe than sorry and have some coverage for the damage instead of it coming directly out of your pocket because that would literally suck. And then when it comes to looking for apartments, another thing to consider is that they do look for a consistent proof of income. So ideally, you want to have a job where you are consistently getting some type of income. And obviously, they're going to look at the amount and make sure that you can afford it. But that on top of making sure you have a consistent flow of income is important as well because you don't want to be looking at apartments that are super out of your reach for your budget. And you kind of have to be real yourself. Don't be in denial of your situation. And again, you will see the beauty of the things you can afford and you'll see that. You don't want to beat yourself up because you can't afford a nicer apartment. There are lots of great apartments for affordable prices that if you just look hard enough and do your research properly, you'll be able to find something tailored to your needs. And now in terms of looking for the location for your apartment, now that was something also to consider too. When I worked an hour away from home, I made sure to look at a radius of at least about maybe cutting my trip in half. So anything from the major city that I was working in with a distance that it is 30 minutes around, so a whole radius. It could be north, it could be south from that city, anything. And what I found is that a lot of neighboring cities around that major city were super expensive. And do I really want to be paying basically double the amount of rent for a one bed, one bath just to cut my driving from 30 minutes to 15 minutes or 15 minutes to seven? So no, I will not be paying double the amount just to cut my driving from 15 minutes to seven. And that is why I found something that is a little bit outside of the major town, and it was still a 15-minute drive for me. Not bad though, right? I thought it was a good choice, but it's something to consider too. Like, do you really need to be right next door to your job? And I'm sure it's different based on the town, based on the city, if it's a major city, if it's not a major city. I don't like parallel parking, so there was no way I was going to park in the major city and have to deal with that 24-7. There was no way. Can you imagine? First of all, 
I actually failed my driving test the first time because of parallel parking, and that's how you know I'm absolutely trash at it. It's not that it's hard for me. I just literally get nervous. When I'm put in the pressure of having to squeeze between two cars, I kind of get nervous, not gonna lie. Like, literally, I remember I went to the DMV and I was so confident. Actually, no, backstory, scratch that. The first time I went to take my driving test, I tried to convince my father that we were supposed to get a car with a handbrake, but he was like, no, this one has a handbrake, it's fine. It was the Lexus and it didn't have a handbrake. And besides the fact that I got to say I told you so, I unfortunately didn't pass because the entire moments before the driving test were already so hectic, so I wasn't already in a positive and confident mood when I got to the DMV. So fast forward to the test. I was doing great. I was super nervous. I'm always nervous. I always have jitters before I have to do something big and I start shaking a lot and I sweat a lot too. But everything was fine. And then we got to the parallel parking and I'd done it a million times at home. I practiced it a million times at a parking lot And still, I ran over the cone and I hit a bunch of things and I even hit the curb and I just, one of the most embarrassing moments in my entire life. But it's okay because I pass eventually. But what happened after the test, which sucked because it was my birthday, I had a marching band event after school. So basically school ended. I went to take my test. I failed, came back. And I had to tell everybody that I didn't pass, which was 110% embarrassing. And I, I don't know, a parallel parking just doesn't work with me. It just doesn't work at all. So that's also another thing too to consider. Do you really want to be doing that all the time and being comfortable with parallel parking in a major city? Or would you rather be a little bit away and have your own spot and not have to stress so much about that? There's a lot of things to consider when it comes to looking for apartments like that. And then, okay, great. So you found the apartment of your dreams and you signed off on it and you're ready to move in. The biggest mistake that people, especially in our age, do when it comes to moving out is immediately you want to buy everything. You want to get all the wall art. You want to get all the little necessities and the accessories and the kitchen tools and your air fryer and your toaster and a coffee machine. And then all of a sudden you're super overwhelmed and have a huge list of things that you feel like you need to get right away. And my lesson from that is to take it easy. Take it one thing at a time. All the little things that you need, like the wall art, decor, and the little things, that can wait till a later time. A lot of times we get too excited when we move out and immediately want to buy everything and let alone not just buy everything, but use a credit card to buy everything. Then next thing you know, you're in debt by at least a few thousand dollars. At least that's what happened to me. But that's our secret only and not for anyone to tell. Anyways, besides me talking about the insanely amount of debt I went into when I moved out, I would say get the necessities first. So for me, that was the couch and a place to sleep, obviously. Luckily, we already had a bed that Marcos was taking from his room, basically. But you definitely want to have at least a place to sleep. The couch can wait even a little bit. But you should have at least some place to sit outside, like in the living room, a couch or something, or a dining table. So that was a necessity for me. And then after that, I started working on little things like an extra dresser, smaller storage spaces, 
and the coffee machine and our toaster. Honestly, sidetrack, the coffee machine was definitely an immediate purchase for me because I can't go a day without coffee, but that's a whole other story. And that's why I stress to be aware of your purchases. I didn't realize when I moved out that money dissipates so quickly. Basically, you get paid just to spend it all. And it got worse, honestly, when we got Leo. There was a lot of extra additional things about getting a dog. In my apartment complex, you have to pay 500 bucks extra, and then your rent goes up 50 bucks a month. So yes, it's worth it, obviously, because we love Leo, but it's something that you should have an awareness that you'll need this amount for rent every month. You'll need this amount for utilities. You'll need this for groceries. You should be aware of what's coming up, at least in terms of necessities in your automatic payments and keep track of them somewhere because it's very easy to lose track of what you've been spending on, especially if you've put everything on a credit card. And my thing was, in terms of credit card spending, now I know if I can take it immediately out of my bank account, I use my debit card. And if not, I put on my credit card. But a lot of reasons why I use my credit card now is just for groceries to get cash back and other little things like that. But yeah, a lot of that goes on there. So just when you do get an apartment, definitely take it easy and don't rush into having to get everything because just like metaphorically building a house from its foundations takes a lot of time and you don't need to have it look beautifully right away. It can take a matter of time and it really is based on how you want, right? So you can definitely buy everything as soon as possible and just pay out the debt as it goes. But me, my experience with that, it was hard to finish paying off my bills and get it back down to zero. Honestly, even right now, about seven months later, I still don't have my credit card bills down to zero because I did go crazy and I was way too excited. But yeah, just be mindful of that. Now, emotionally, moving out was definitely very hard for me and I don't think it is as easy as everyone may think it is to move out because not only are you moving from a lifestyle that you've known basically your entire life. When I say that, it's like, you know, you've been living in the same house with the same people for 20 plus years at this point, but it's a fear also of not knowing how you're going to handle and if you can do it well. And that was definitely stressing me out at first. It wasn't a doubt that I wanted to move out and improve my relationship and be closer to work. I knew I wanted to move out and I knew that it was the right choice for me at the moment. But my anxiety was always saying, are you going to be able to afford this? Are you going to be able to juggle everything on top of bills? Are you going to be able to work and cook and still feed everyone in the apartment and be able to give everyone attention and still see your friends? It was a lot at first. And being 45 minutes away from home, it's not a lot. I know people who have moved to different states completely, which is way more than 45 minutes from their parents. But I have a very strong emotional attachment to my family. And I was literally anxious every day about not spending every minute with them. So for family people 
who are listening, it was messing me up for a while because I just didn't want to change the lifestyle and the routine that I already had and was comfortable with. And having to think about the fact that I had to basically root from those routines and from that lifestyle and completely change them, it was stressful too. And also just having to do that with somebody that you've never lived before. And Yes, me and Marcos have been in a four-year relationship, and obviously we knew each other from head to toe, like we knew a lot about each other, but this was a completely new and serious and deep and kind of nerve-wracking step where we had to learn to live with each other. And at first when I moved, I felt really far away from my family. I was homesick all the time, but a lot of it is just that in life, these things have to happen and you're not going to live with them forever, or at least you're not going to be in the same lifestyle with your family forever, whether it's not you moving out, but your siblings or just someone in your family moving out of your house. It's going to happen eventually. And I feel like you just have to take a leap of faith and go for it and know and trust yourself that you are able to overcome and handle anything that life throws at you. And now 40 minutes isn't that bad. I mean, if ever I want to go see my family, 40 minutes is nothing now. I mean, I drove an hour to work, let alone 40 minutes for my family. It's not that bad. And I also felt far from my friends. Most of my friends still live in the vicinity of my hometown. They didn't really move that far. But at the same time, in the back of my head, I thought to myself, you know, if they're real friends, it won't matter the distance. We'll still be able to be in contact and see each other and hang out. And it took me a while to come into acceptance with that, but when I moved, it really wasn't that bad. I thought it was going to be much worse. I literally thought my friends were going to stop talking to me, stop wanting to hang out, or stop making plans, and lo and behold, it hasn't changed. It's still the same, and I'm still connected with the same people. So that's another thing, too. Just because you move out and you move a little farther away from home doesn't mean you're not going to be in touch with your family and your friends anymore. I see, you know, my family and friends once a week or something, and that's a good thing to kind of calm down my anxiety because sometimes I do feel far from them or I basically feel like I'm in a whole new state just because I don't get to see them all the time. But that just comes with moving pains and growing pains, right? <laughs> and again, I'm thankful for technology that we have the ability to just call someone whenever we feel anxious or need someone to talk to. I call my family probably every day and then I see them once a week. So eventually the feeling of homesickness goes away and you're allowed to be sad. Don't get me wrong. I was letting myself be sad and miss my family. Like some nights I truly couldn't sleep because I wished I was in my bed at home and waking up to my siblings screaming and my mom moving dishes around super loudly trying to make breakfast. Of course you're going to miss that. That's the only thing you knew for 20 plus years in your life. But you have to think about it that Eventually, everyone has to go through it. You're not alone in the fact that life happens and you will eventually have to get to that point where you will move out, whether it's with your friends or someone you love or moving out to have better opportunities in other locations on this entire planet. So 
when it comes to that, you just have to let yourself be anxious and sad and feel the feelings because eventually you will understand and see that it's not as bad as what you originally had thought of. And honestly, the days before I moved out, I moved out May 2nd of 2020. A good month before I moved out, I was so anxious and just emotionally disturbed because I was so in my head. I didn't think I was going to be good at taking care of my own place because I can't even take care of my own room back when I was at home. But when things like that happen, you just kind of have to take a leap of faith. Like I said, you know you can do it and you do have the ability to take care of yourself and have your own place. It's just a mindset. Everything's always a mindset, but you won't know until you actually try it and see if it works. So that was where I was coming from in terms of moving away. And I think that now that I've lived so long in this place so long, it's literally only been like seven months, but now that I've lived long enough in a place by myself without having my family around, I definitely realized this whole time that I am pretty independent and I thought I couldn't do it, but I'm still here, you know? I'm still handling the apartment just fine. And when you live with yourself, and just yourself sometimes when you really get in your head, you do learn a lot about yourself that you honestly didn't see that well just because you grew up with the same people and had the same behaviors around those people. But now that it's with someone new, you kind of see yourself more. And I think that was a big thing in terms of what came out of living with Marcos at this point that there's a lot about myself in terms of cleanliness and how I like to do things and little OCD things in the apartment that I wouldn't have known if I still lived at home. I mean, I didn't care if the door was locked or not in my family's house because it wasn't usually me who kept track of that. And now every day I have to check the door if it's locked or not. And sometimes I'll be right about to nod off to sleep and I'm like nudging Marcos. I'm like, yo, did you lock the door? And literally we both get up or like one of us gets up to check the door because it's always good to double check the knot. But yeah, this is my overall experience. And end of the day, what I can say as takeaways from this episode is one, to not move out until you 100% feel ready and are fully aware of the fact that it'll be much harder to save money when you move out. And then from there, understand that you don't have to have your apartment perfect right away in the snap of your finger. It is a times process of work and it won't come together right away, but it will be eventually. It just takes some time and not to rush into major purchases once you have your apartment. And last thing is moving out definitely is scary and it makes you anxious, but end of the day, again, I'm going to stress it's a leap of faith and you should trust yourself and know that you got this. You got to tell yourself that because you do got this. And that's a lot of what being in our 20s is, is just doing it and seeing if it works. It's a lot of experimenting in this age, especially because we truly don't know. And the only thing we can 
know in our 20s is from previous experiences. And since we don't have much in terms of moving out, it really is just believing that you can do it and that you'll overcome everything. So yeah, and that's it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening and really tuning into my experience with how I moved out. And I hope that it somehow helps you when you decide to move out and figure out your living situation. It's scary at first, but living on your own is super fun. You get to learn a lot about yourself and just get more into your hobbies and really understand the situation that your parents were in, especially in taking care of people and raising a family in a place and doing chores. And you'll really understand where they were coming from when they were nagging you about everything house related and chore related. And so, yeah, that's it. If you guys have any questions, concerns, or topics you'd love for me to talk about, please reach out. I'd love to talk about things that you guys are interested in. And you can reach me at Instagram at at Podcast. That's F-E-E-L-I-N-P-H-I-L-L-I-N-E. My TikTok is the same handle, and my Twitter is just at FeelinFeline. And if you'd love to get on an episode, talk about anything that's important to you, let me know and hit me up on the DMs. And I would love to have you on the show and talk about your own personal unique experience being in your 20s. Till next time. Bye.